What is going on, everyone? This is Drew Code Sports Talk, and I am your host, Andrew Wright. And over in his living room is my co-host, Cody Johnson. Cody. What is going on, everybody? Happy Tuesday evening for all of those listening and watching on the live. We appreciate you guys. Uh, We've got a jam-packed show to talk about, and it is full to the brim. It's literally NFL, NBA, and Major League baseball but before we get started do not forget to subscribe to the podcast uh wherever you listen to your podcast subscribe there also subscribe to the youtube channel and follow us on social media all the links are in the description below so with that being said let's get started is another week of Drew Code Sports Talk. Um, Man, it has been a crazy week in sports. It's also been a very crazy week for myself and my family. We got some uh, big things happening over here. Uh, So that's, you know, stress-inducing, of course. But you know what? We're going to roll with the punches because it's all for, uh, it's all going to be better in the long run. So anyway, enough of all that. Cody, how you doing, man? Doing pretty good, dude. Just uh, hanging out. Uh, had a busy day at work, and then uh, we've been enjoying some uh, lovely rain that's hit the valley, which we desperately need. And I don't know about you, dude, but I love the day after it rains where it's extremely cold because then I get to wear all sorts of layers because it just sits in a box 90% of the year. So, <laughs> But uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited, and I know about the exciting plans you were alluding to. You filled me in on our lunch date last week so i won't spoil it but it is cool stuff that's happening and i am actually going to put you on the spot you have even cooler news to talk about involving the hornets yeah i'd like for you to tell the audience because everyone's on pins and needles of course (laughs) yeah all all zero of you uh no uh yeah i just uh, got confirmation uh a couple weeks now uh that i am actually going to be doing uh announcing the uh, Sanger West uh, boys basketball games. And also I will be doing the girls basketball games. So I will be doing both boys and girls, JV and varsity. So really excited about that. I'm super stoked. It's a brand new gym that they have. Uh, Now this school has been uh, a school for three years now, but this is the first year they're having varsity games and also, this is the first year that they got to use their, uh, they finally ha- opened up their gymnasium. So I'm really, really excited that I get to see what the gymnasium looks like. Um, I'm excited to see how the boys and girls basketball team plays. And so if you hear me talk about Singer West basketball, boys and girls on the podcast, you kind of will understand why, because I'm going to be seeing it a lot. I basically have a full schedule from starting Thursday this week until um, if we get to the finals, uh, it'll be uh, February 24th and possibly further if we get into like state stuff. But uh, I'm not going to get ahead of that, but um, I'm really excited about it. I mean, either way, I'm going to be into uh, mid-February, so really excited about all that. 
Yeah, well, you did football earlier this season for them as well, too. So it's. I think what's really cool is uh, I, I've dubbed you uh, the voice of them in tongue-in-cheek, but it's almost like it's yeah. coming to that because I know, too, we're kind of hoping that they ask you to do baseball as well, but we got to get through football and basketball. Yeah. So fingers crossed that uh, you get the trifecta, and uh, you know it'd be really cool for you to keep going on this train. So I, oh, just I would wanted- love to do baseball. Oh, my yeah. gosh. I'm, I really hope I get to do that. And I've told him I've been I've been very open to the athletic director. I've been I told him I said you know hey if you need anyone in baseball he's like well we're not sure yet just because you know we haven't really gotten to that point and I'm like okay well I'm just putting it out in the universe that right. I I want to do that and he was like all right all right I got you so uh, hopefully cool. I'm not going to count my chickens but um, you know it seems like they at least like me because they let me do football and now basketball so it right. seems to be working out maybe I'm their only option but you know what I'll still take that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's very true, but it's a really cool news. So I appreciate you for sharing that to everybody who yeah. uh, who's been following it, me included. So, yeah, yeah. And then we're uh, we're trying. Well, we're getting ready to move. Um, we don't know where we're going to kind of be moving to yet. <laughs> that's been. Uh, I'm not going to bore everyone with the details, but um, at least we're we're going to be out of the house that I've been at for five six years now so Mm -hmm. um you know hopefully we're and we're trying to get a bigger place which it looks like we're we're going to but it's also going to be kind of a fixer-upper so uh we're going to be kind of in and out of uh if we do get this house we're going to be kind of in and out of of uh of this uh of this new place because we're going to be trying to fix it up so uh it's going to be crazy but in the long run it's going to be really nice so um we're just you know i've asked you to get me a ton of boxes which you've been very generous of and and i thank you immensely because we've already started moving stuff out of the house Mm -hmm. which has been really nice and my in-laws basically were like hey we'll give up our garage for you so we're putting everything in our garage so i appreciate (laughs) them for letting us do that but yeah we're it's crazy, man. But you know what? Uh, it's definitely worth it. Um, it's definitely worth because now we have two kids, so mm-hmm. we have to kind of give uh, our child one of our, our oldest, who's now starting to kind of get into the mode of I want my personal space. I want right. to kind of do my own thing here and there, and so we have to kind of give her that. And uh, I'm excited that we're uh, hopefully we're. It looks like we're going to be able to do that. So. Very cool. Well, speaking of craziness, it's actually a perfect segue to our first one, and I'll let you kick off the question. But of course, we'd be remiss not to talk about the craziness of the NFL that just happened, especially in the last 24 hours regarding the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, yeah. Um, This was crazy to me. Um, Frank Reich out as the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. He had been re- he and they announced later that day that he was going to be replaced by Jeff Saturday, who in no shape or form was part of the organization other than he used to play for them. Um, so a lot of people were upset about it. A lot of people were like, hey, maybe it'll work out, yada, yada, yada. Whatever your feelings may be, uh, let, let, Cody, let's start with Frank Reich first, and then we're mm-hmm. going to go into the Jeff Saturday. Um, was this the right move for the Colts um, to fire Frank Reich? Yeah, I think it was. I think so. I'm surprised that they did it this soon. I would have thought that they would have maybe waited until the end of the season before they made that decision. But I figured, you know, 
for the last, I'd say since last season, they've kind of been on a downward spiral. This season hasn't played out to anyone's expectations in that organization. And, you know, it was just kind of the cherry on top. Basically when you bench Matt Ryan, who you traded for, uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor has been injured majority of the season. Your team is not playing up to their full capabilities. Um, yeah, I, I feel like it was time to do so. Um, and even so too, I think a lot of the decisions that Frank Reich made with multiple quarterback changes, um, you know, personnel decisions, I think, you know, played into a huge part of this, but, you know, again, I think I, Jim Irsay of the Colts never without flash, uh, in what he does for sure, which is why he's made certain outlandish decisions. Um, you know, I think Frank Reich though will find footing somewhere as a coordinator. I think he's a really good coach. I think that maybe had he had a consistent quarterback uh, for more than one season, it might have worked out a little bit better. But uh, you know, it is what it is, and it and it was time. I mean, you can't be a playoff team for two seasons, miss out, and potentially be last place in a division that you essentially were crowned division winners before the season kicked off. Um, yeah. So yeah, I ultimately think it was the right decision. I'm just surprised at the timing with more than half the season to go and the Colts not even waiting until the end of it. I think that was my biggest surprise of it. I actually like Frank Reich and I I'm, I'll explain a little bit about that, but I, I thought he kind of deserved better and I, I'm kind of with you. I thought they would at least just wait till the end of the year. Like, listen, it hasn't been, it hasn't gone great. No, it obviously hasn't. It's gone pretty, pretty sour. Um, you know, and it looks like the Titans are basically running away with the division. Um, you know, uh, the Colts kind of have left a lot to desire. The Jaguars are kind of a hit and miss team. Um, and the Texans have probably been the worst team in the league, um, as of right now. But, um, I, I thought they should have waited until the end of the year. I know, you know, their thought process is, hey, if we get rid of him now, uh, maybe it'll spark some, um, maybe it'll spark a, a, hey, a fire under the players and say, hey, let's, you know, let's make it to the playoffs. Well, then they, you know, replace him with Jeff Saturday, who they're like, okay, we've seen him maybe three times. <laughs> um, I remember him watch with the old man Peyton Manning, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's about it. So, um, Overall, I really just don't understand the. Uh, I don't understand the move. Listen, I I think Frank Wright is going to be another head coach, if not at least an OC. Um, I got to be honest with you, man. We were talking about this the other day, and and I really actually like Frank Reich. The reason I do is Frank Reich was having some success with Carson Wentz. Did Wentz fail his last two games of last season? Yes, but overall. What did he throw? He went 27 touchdowns and seven picks or nine picks mm-hmm. or something like that. That's still a really good season. Mm-hmm. Yes, he had a chance to get in the playoffs and he lost it. But I wouldn't also put everything on him. The defense has to do stops. The players have to kind of step up. Yes, he turned the ball over a little bit more with fumbles and stuff. So, I mean, I get that. I'm not saying Carson Wentz was this you know phenomenal player. But at the same time, I think, I think Frank Reich was – starting to figure out Carson Wentz. And I think he just had a couple of bad games. Um, I think he had one bad game that kind of led to another because Mm -hmm. he was still in his head. And I think we've all have seen that Carson Wentz completely falls apart every time. And 
the other thing was he wanted to keep Carson once he didn't want to get rid of him, but because right. his owner said, Hey, he completely fell apart the last two games. We need to get rid of him. Let's go after Matt Ryan. They get Matt Ryan and he looks completely washed. And it's just like, it's yes. It, you can put the blame on Frank Reich, but you could also say that it might be ownership. That's really kind of tying his hands a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the early years with Frank Reich, that team was looking really good. And we always kept saying, all they need is a quarterback. All they need is a quarterback. And I felt like Carson Wentz, although wasn't the best option, but was kind of their only option at that time. And they made him look good. I mean, I kind of, I'm almost convinced that if they would have gotten Baker Mayfield this year, that it would have worked out for them a little bit better than it is with Matt Ryan. So I don't know. I, I think Frank Reich is a, is a good head coach. I think his best shot is to become an OC um, again, do the OC for a couple of years when a head coaching job uh, comes up and and they start throwing his name in the hat again. I think I think uh, you could look at him, but I think with this whole Colts fiasco, I think he's probably not going to get a chance at a head coach unless someone really does overlook the uh, the ownership aspect of it and is like, I think Frank Reich is good, which I believe. But, Cody, let's get into the other thing of Jeff Saturday being named the head coach. This was, I think, universally a lot of people think that this was a head-scratching move. Um, What do you think? I mean, there's no better way to say it. I remember yesterday opening up uh, Twitter, and and this is after I think you had polled me that Frank Reich was fired. So I didn't even see the notification yet, so I opened Twitter and the first thing I saw was not that Frank Reich was fired. It was that Jeff Saturday was hired as head coach. And then I thought, oh, this is one of those parody accounts. Like, I think we, I think on Twitter, I follow uh, NFL meme or something like that. So they always post parody uh, uh, graphics to like, you know, just joke around. Yeah. And I swore that's what I thought I was seeing. And then I saw, no, this is a legitimate NFL blue checkmark verified 899 paid subscription for this blue checkmark uh, <laughs> verified account that said Jeff Saturday was the new interim head coach. And I just found that strange because do I like Jeff Saturday? Yes. I think he's very insightful, clearly an intelligent football player played with Peyton for all those years as a Colt uh, also played uh, in green Bay for the last part of his career. But I just don't understand because in their own coaching organization, they have, I believe, still John Fox, Gus Bradley, who's former D, uh, defensive coordinator for the Raiders. And you have Reggie Wayne, who was also a part of Jeff Saturday's team that could have <laughs> easily been an interim head coach. And again, I think it just alludes to what you're pointing out and what I was saying uh, earlier with Jim Ursay just being, you know, this outrageous kind of owner that is stepping into places he probably shouldn't. For example, you know, getting rid of Carson Wentz when Frank Reich probably could have helped him out and developed him another season. I imagine the Colts could have been a little bit better with Carson Wentz having a second year in this system. Uh, Frank Reich having a second full year with Carson Wentz to kind of help him and bring him along and, uh, you know, having the team around him. And now I wonder, with you bringing in Jeff Saturday, what are all those players going to feel and think around Saturday who wasn't there during any of their training camp, wasn't there any of their preseasons, 
Ryan Clark on ESPN had a really great piece where he said, you know, it's the it's the uh, being familiar with somebody and being comfortable with them, which is what probably sold them on the idea to have somebody like Jeff Saturday take over. But he wasn't there during the dog days of getting them in shape and building that that uh, relationship. I mean, I think I read on Twitter that he was there on somewhat of a consultant type basis. So whatever that extent was, that's as much as he's been within the organization. And now he's given the keys to the Colts. And I will also stress to interim interim head coach for the remainder of the season, which is even more mind blowing because he's not been anywhere a part of this organization from the start. And now he's got to finish the season as their head coach, which even sounds stranger when you say it out loud, but Still, though, I think if anyone says anything other than shocked, they're probably lying. But that's my initial thoughts. And I have additional feelings about it in more confusion and like logistically, how does this work out? And uh, that's my that's my main takeaway and feelings with Jeff Saturday. I, I, I hope he's successful, but uh, unfortunately, it doesn't look like he's put in a position of success at the moment. And uh I just hope it doesn't turn out as bad as we think it will. I mean, I feel like the only reason he got this was because, yeah, he were, he played for the Colts. But I feel like also, like, he's uh, a good motivator, which I've, I I listened to him when he was an analyst on ESPN and, you know, doing his thing. And you could tell, like, this is a fired-up guy. This guy, like, I mean, you could understand, like, how he could eventually become a head coach, possibly. Um, but you have to do the work to get there. You know, this was almost like if Jim Irsay called you up, Cody, and was like, hey, we want you to be the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. And you'd be like, yeah, okay. <laughs> what? Yeah. Someone's and, call, and then calling yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, please don't call this number again. They're like, no, seriously, we want you. And you'd be like, okay, fine. I have no idea what I'm doing, but uh, I've played Madden for a few years. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is, and it's the elephant in the room, and I have no problem saying it. There's a lot of racism in this in this pick here. Reggie Wayne would have been so a, a much better candidate in this scenario than Jeff Saturday. Uh, like you said, Gus Bradley. I mean, he he's a white coach, but he's had head coaching experience, and he's been the DC. Uh, I mean. Reggie Wayne, he's the, I believe he's the wide receiver coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least that makes sense because at least these guys are like, hey, let's win for Reggie. Hey, let's win for Gus or let's win for, um, you named uh, John Fox. Let's win for Fox. You know, guys like that, like you, you hear their name and you're like, yeah, let's win for them because we've been here. We've been playing with them. They've been in the building. We love this guy. I mean, it, it just reminds me of the whole Raiders situation last year when Gruden left. Mm-hmm. It was like, we thought, okay, Gus Bradley probably will be the guy. Um, and then we were surprised because they named Rich Bisaccia, which we were kind of like, eh, I don't know. I mean, he's a special teams coach. And a lot of people are like, this guy is a good motivator. The guys love him every single time. They're going to want to play for him. And what did they do? They played for him. And we ended up getting in the playoffs, which was great. But with this, it's like, no one has seen him. I mean, he's okay. If he's a consultant, he's not a consultant for the players. He's a consultant for the coaches, maybe, but probably more so Jim Ursay. And that's kind of why I'm like, this is so weird. And it just seems like if I owned a team 
and we had a head coach and I was like, we got to get rid of him. And I was like, shoot, we need an interim head coach. I'm going to do one. I'm going to do my buddy a favor. So I call you and it's like, Hey Cody, why don't you coach my team? And you'd be like, all right, cool. Yeah. I mean, why would you say no to that? But at the same time, I'm doing a bad job because I'm just doing my friends a favor. That's not how you own a team. You own a team, but you have to do the necessary things for the team. You can't just do whatever you want to do. And then all of a sudden think that there's going to be no backlash because eventually, uh, AKA Washington commanders, something's going to come back and people are going to want you out. And I think this Jim, Jim Irsay thing, now if it works out, he's going to look like an absolute genius, but I really don't see this working out at all because Jeff Saturday even was saying, or uh, he was a head coach in, in a high school uh, a high school team, I believe it was last year, three and seven. That's, that's his head coaching experience. High school, and he went three and seven. I mean, you could maybe blame it on the players. It wasn't a great atmosphere. Maybe his other coaches, he's still three and seven. It's not great. It doesn't show me that his players are going to want to play for him. And he was in the building. <laughs> now he's yeah. coming in and he hasn't been in the building. And he's got to do this. I, I, I don't like this at all. And I really think this is extremely, extremely uh, this is an extremely racist thing that I'm seeing here right now. It, it just, it blows my mind that Jim Mersey wasn't even like, Oh, maybe I shouldn't do that. Like maybe like yeah. if you're going to get someone off the street, then maybe go after um, someone with a bigger name. But I don't know. That's just me. Yeah, totally agree. I wouldn't necessarily say racism plays in a part, but I would say nepotism for sure. Favoritism. Like, and this is such a God, what's the term I want to say? This is such a left field decision that no one saw coming. Like you could have get I you could have asked me for a hundred candidates I assume would be better fits uh in the Colts organization to be an interim head coach, and Jeff Saturday wouldn't even come close. You could have given me five hundred spots, I would not have guessed him. Um and then I know too we didn't put this in the prom, but I there's another it's actually a kid, and I'll say that because he's younger than us, who's now going to be play caller for the Colts uh, this Sunday. And I think he was like assistant QB to the quarterback coach. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever that position <laughs> is. And now he's going to be calling the play. Basically, so. basically, he's the guy who makes sure that his mic and headset is working uh, for when the offensive coordinator is calling for uh uh, for one of the co- one of the quarterbacks, that's basically all he's doing. It's Maybe a couple me, of waters here and there. It's giving me assistant to the regional manager vibes. <laughs> yes, that's exactly yeah, hundred percent. But and then I say that to say too, like I really hope that the Raiders come out this Sunday because this is a lot of dysfunction for a team we're playing, and I'm really scared if we lose to this team, what's going to happen to Raider Nation? We might actually implode. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't even want to entertain it right now. It's it's only going to make me mad, and I'm going to go into a whole spout about the Raiders, and I don't want it right now. All right, let's move on, Cody. Before you really make me angry. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> so the Bills lost to the Jets, and I don't want to say that was the biggest upset of the of the year, but it, I think it's pretty close, at least. Um. So my question to you, Cody, is 
Are the Jets for real? You know what? I'm going to say they are, man. Like, no, you're not. No, you you don't believe that. You don't believe it because you even were questioning it. You don't believe it. I mean, it. first off, okay, I think if they had Brees Hall, I would be a lot more confident with that. I do yeah. feel like there is some sort of underlining situation that's going on with like Zach Wilson and like Elijah Moore, who was really upset that he wasn't targeted more in his last game. I think that there is obviously some growing pains that's happening, but I mean, they have a really good defense. That defense is essentially what won them that game. It wasn't necessarily Zach Wilson and that offense. It's not like they marched down the field and ran it up and down the bill's throat. They just played better defense in them. And they really got Josh Allen to just create mistakes that he doesn't normally do. And I think that's the thing about Josh Allen's game is like, he's such a gunslinger and chance taker that, you know, if you just have a, a really good defensive plan, then you can capitalize on it. And I think sauce Gardner is just that type of cornerback because he was the one that was a real defensive disruptor uh, for the jets defense. And I, and I think like they are legit in the sense of like, you know, they're in a very competitive division with, you know, the Miami dolphins, new England Patriots bills in that division. And then they beat the bills uh, in a divisional matchup. And I, I got to say, man, like if they can just continue this hot streak, like, yeah, they're they're legit because some of these other teams like you can't trust. And like, for example, I'm I'm a Bengals. Um, I'm rooting for the Bengals in the sense of I think that there'll be an AFC threat that no one's thinking of. But on any given Sunday, who do you trust more? The Bengals or the Jets? And I think that the Jets defense is really good and they've kind of proven that they've had some surprising wins and here they are. What is it? Six and three or six and two or something of that nature. And they are a surprising team that is really taking everyone aback. Like everyone's underestimating the jets and they're making them pay for it. And I think they can probably continue this. Do I think that they're going to get to like the conference championship? No, but do I think that they can sneak into a wild card and really mess up some plans? Yeah, I think so. They kind of remind me of when, the Seattle Seahawks got into the wild card and they played the, I think it was the number two or one seed uh, New Orleans saints. And that's where yeah. the, the quake happened in, in, uh, in Seattle. That's what yeah. this team is giving me the same vibes of, of like their defense is what's really the standout. Their offense has its moments, but you know, given the opportunity, they could surprise people and could, you know, if you don't, if you don't watch out, you don't study and you're not ready for them, they will make you pay. So that's what my, that's what I'll say about the Jets. I don't think they're for real. I, I don't believe in in Zach Wilson. I think he's been they're winning in despite him. Like it's not like it's not like they're actually winning because of what he's doing. Um, now, obviously, he's not really turning the ball over as well. So, I mean, I will give him credit for that. He's I mean, he's been taking care of the ball pretty well in the offense scores when they need to. I mean, it's, I, it's, it's more than what I can say for the Raiders right now. So, <laughs> um, you know, but I'm, I'm with you. I think the defense is what is the shining star on this team. That defense is spectacular, but you know, that defense is going to start getting grueled a little bit, start to kind of drag its feet a little while because that offense, although yes, they do score when they need to, it doesn't seem like they can really move the ball as well. It seems like they have to play the, the, um, 
position game, you know, the, the field position game. So, um, you know, which is, which is good, but it's, you can't always rely on your defense all the time. Sometimes your defense is just kind of break down every now and then. And I just don't think they have the offense for it. I don't think they have the quarterback for it. And as good as Robert Sala has, has been this year, I don't think they have the head coach for that just yet. I think maybe next year they could, um, but I, I do think they're really going to have to start thinking about uh, getting another uh, another quarterback or, or or something, which I don't think they will. But I do think if if you're being realistic about what you're seeing, I don't think Zach Wilson is really doing what they thought he he would be able to be doing on, here in this second year. Um. So Cody, another game that we saw where. Um, was kind of a surprise not necessarily in the outcome that the Buccaneers ended up winning but it was kind of more a surprise of how bad both teams looked uh the Buccaneers beat the Rams in the final seconds um but it just was I was watching in the fourth quarter uh at my uh father-in-law's house and and they're big Ram fans, but it was just, it was ugly. It was ugly football. It just wasn't. And it wasn't like you were looking at the defense going, man, these defenses are, are, are playing really well. It was just kind of more of like both offenses weren't playing great. I mean, the defenses were doing what they needed to. So I wouldn't say they were bad, but it was just kind of like, I I don't know what's going on. And the last drive for the Buccaneers, <laughs> I mean, the Rams just let them do whatever they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, what is going on? So is it time to panic for the Rams and for the Bucks? For the Bucks, I think that they have time to stay cool. And the only reason why I say that is because the win that they had and the way that they won could actually carry them some momentum. Because in their NFC South division, it's wide open. And I still think that the Buccaneers will pull it together. They've got Tom Brady. Um, they have a really good defense. I know that you were mentioning that it didn't play the greatest on Sunday, but I mean, it outlasted the Rams defense. Um, I do think that Tom Brady and the Buccaneers will figure it out offensively. I think that their run game right now is in shambles. If they can figure that out and get healthy, I think it'll be okay. Um, if I'm the Rams though, yeah, I'm kind of panicking a little bit because the NFC West is way more competitive this year. And, you know, even the Cardinals who have a losing record. They're very, very good. They're going to be very hard to beat. Seattle Seahawks looks like the absolute best team right now in that division, which is shocking. Geno Smith is leading them to an absolutely insane season. And then you have the 49ers who just got Christian McCaffrey. And I don't know how the Rams can keep up with that. The only saving grace that they have is they got to clinch one of the three wildcard spots. And I think that there are better NFC teams right now, because for some reason the Rams don't have a running game. They don't have a very good offensive line. Uh, Their defense is essentially doing everything they can to uh, get the ball back for them. And just so that way the Rams offense can turn it right back over or go three and out to where Aaron Donald and the crew have to go right back out on the field and exhaust themselves. So if I'm the Buccaneers, there's hope because their division is kind of up in the air right now. But if I'm the Rams, and they're what three and six now, and I think they're dead last in their or they're either tied for last in their division or at third place at least. I think that their time to panic is right now, just because they've got a lot more issues that have not been solved. They better hope they win on the OBJ sweepstakes because 
for some reason, Allen Robinson has been coming alive the last couple of weeks, but even still though, there's something missing. They're needing that running dynamic. Uh, they need, they need Matthew Stafford to make better decisions with the football and they just don't look like themselves from last season. So I would panic if I was the Rams. I'm I'm reading uh, Nick's comment right now where he's saying that the Bucks hot take. He said hot take, so that means he's he thinks there's a possibility, but uh, you know he's not going to bet his whole life on it. But anyway, he put hot take. I have a feeling that uh, may have been the Bucks' last win of the season. I would disagree, Nick, because I'm looking at the schedule right now. Now they do face the Seahawks next week, and it's in Tampa. So mm-hmm. I think that game could go either way, but I would probably bet the Seahawks right now. Yeah. Uh, then they go uh, to Cleveland, and I think that is just before uh, Watson comes back. And Cleveland, their offense is horrible right now. Um, <clears throat> this Then they play New Orleans, which I think is a very winnable game, but that one's in Tampa. They, play, they go to San Francisco. I think that's a loss. Um, then they play Cincinnati in Tampa. I'm actually, I would actually pick Cincinnati in that one. Then they go to Arizona. I think they can beat Arizona. Um, and then they play the last two games is the Panthers and Falcons. The Falcons game is in Atlanta. The Panthers game is in Tampa. So, and I think those are very winnable games. So I will say this. I don't think it's time to panic for the Buccaneers just because the division isn't fantastic. And the other thing is, um, that you have Tom Brady, you have a good enough team that I don't think you could. I don't think you could say that this team is done. But mm-hmm. I do. I could also see a scenario. And to Nick's point, I could also see a scenario where they lose most of those games because I think those a lot of those games right now. If we were, you know, looking at the beginning of the year like you and I did, Cody, where we were predicting the schedules, we would have said that's an easy schedule for them. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. New Orleans might be tough, Cincinnati, San Francisco, uh, but other than that, I think they they win those games easily. Um, but now we're kind of looking at them and going, you know, the Seattle game could be fifty fifty, the Cleveland game could be fifty fifty, the New Orleans fifty fifty. Um, you know, the Cardinals could potentially be 50-50. So there's a lot of those games where you're kind of like, I could see it go the other way. So I'm not going to say it's time to panic for the Buccaneers just yet, just because I think they're benefiting from their division. But for the Rams, I think it might be time to panic. Mm-hmm. Um, I When when Jalen Ramsey is speaking out, and I know a lot of people roll their eyes like, oh, Ramsey's always talking, he's always blah, blah, blah. But listen, Jalen Ramsey is a guy who just is a guy who can't hold his tongue. And and I don't think that's necessarily bad for a team like this right now because he's like, yo, we suck. Like, this is bad. Mm -hmm. We got to start stepping up. Like, we shouldn't be losing these games. And I didn't think they should have lost that game. It was honestly the the worst defense that they had played all year in the final seconds. And it was it just so happened to be against Tom Brady. I don't think it was anything that Tom Brady did. I think it was um just the Rams were giving so much space. And Tom Brady was like, well we'll just keep throwing these little slot outs. You know, and we'll mm-hmm. just keep doing that until they take it away and they never did. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I I would say 
if I'm looking at it from the way that the teams have been playing, I would say both need to panic. But again, like I said, the Buccaneers, they're kind of benefiting from where they're at right now. Whereas the Rams, you have Seattle who's thriving right now. And you have San Francisco who's getting better and better each week. Now, San Francisco constantly has injuries. So who knows? That could be the the detriment for them. But as of right now, man, I'm with you. I I think Los Angeles could become the last place team. I think Arizona is worse. But, you know, the Rams, they don't have an easy schedule. I don't Mm -hmm. think the Cardinals do either. But um, it's going to be interesting to to see what happens. And I think the Rams, I mean, obviously we know what the Rams are going to do next year in the draft. Offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. Like, that is a parent. Uh, but I also do think they're going to need to start thinking about Matthew Stafford. He might be coming close to the end of his days because although he has been hit a lot and he's had to, um, you know, take a few sacks or, you know, force some passes or or he's kind of had a fumble here and there. I think you're starting to see his arm is starting to go a little bit. It's not as accurate or as tight as it was. Um and I think they need to start thinking this may be, uh, you know, I'm not saying like next year is going to be his last year. I'm saying Matthew Stafford may be done in the next, you know, three, four years. Uh, but I think it's time to start thinking about maybe having a succession plan uh, for when Stafford is, is officially done. So, um, and I think I hear, that's a little scary to even think about it. I hear Lamar Jackson's free after this season. <laughs> that would be now that would be interesting i as i'm not a rams fan i mean i root for them because it's it's my uh in-laws team so i you know i i watch them a lot more than i i watch a lot of other teams mm-hmm. that would be really interesting and sean mcveigh's offense i would be really interested in seeing that but if they sign lamar jackson to a huge deal i'm gonna mm-hmm. like question everything about the rams because i'm gonna be like where the hell did they come up with all this money to pay for literally everyone? Like, I don't understand where they bank. Please let me know. And do they, like, just give you extra money for banking with them? Because if that if that's the case, I will gladly join that bank. Yeah. I I, I don't know why I threw that out there, but that, I think that would be interesting. interesting. That's, a, yeah. that's a quarterback that's coming up, and he doesn't sound like he's going to re-sign with Baltimore. Baltimore doesn't sound like they want to commit to him. They just traded for Roquan Smith, who's going to need to get paid this offseason. Um, someone's got to get paid, and uh, yeah. Lamar Jackson may be looking for a new home. And L.A. looks really nice this time of year. So All I'm going to say is Baltimore would be dumb to get rid of Lamar Jackson. Would be dumb. You know what? The Colts just hired an ESPN analyst. <laughs> NFL teams making decisions do not surprise me anymore, man. Who knows what in the world happened? Maybe he's going to Indianapolis. Maybe that was the play. <laughs> that would be the All worst right, market Cody. for him to be traded to. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? This is Cody with Drew Code Sports Talk. We are proud to announce that Drew Code is a proud member of the Fanatics affiliate program. If you don't know what Fanatics is, Fanatics is a one-of-a-kind unique sports apparel website that sells officially licensed NFL, NBA, MLB, college sports, and WWE gear. Fanatics is where all your favorite leagues and teams are available to buy. Drew and I, of course,
podcasts are diehard Raiders fans and Giants fans. So, of course, we are going to Fanatics.com to get all of the latest gear for our teams to be the most represented. Right now, you can click the link in the description below to purchase your favorite team's officially licensed gear now. Follow us on social media and get the latest news on discounts and promos. We'll see you there. All right, Cody, let's get back on the train tracks here. Um, so let's talk about Raider football. I know we've been kind of dreading it and not wanting to, but we have to. We have it on our notes. You know, whatever we has on our notes, we have to talk about it. <laughs> Just kidding. Anyway, um, so the Raiders lose again, and they lose in a terrible fashion. They lose another game where they were up 17 points, um, basically up by three scores. So we're two and six. It's not great. Um, people are calling for Derek Carr. People are calling for Josh McDaniels. Um, people are calling for Patrick Graham. People are calling for, I mean, the Raiders are calling for Jonathan Abram because they just uh, cut him today. So um, there's a lot of, uh, you know, finger pointing. But, Cody, do the Raiders need to tank the rest of the season or should they try and get to 500? See, okay, this is what makes this tough because we're asking what do we want to do for pride's sake and what should we do for our organization? Um, Here's what I'll say. We've already committed a lot of money to players like Darren Waller, Hunter Winfro, Derek Carr, Devontae Adams. I think what we need to do is, I think for the sake of the... um, of the locker room and for the morale, we need to fight to get to at least 500. It's my, is my opinion. I think we need to find a way to work together to get on the same page, to see that McDaniel's system works, uh, that we can finish football games because it's not going to, even if we did tank per se to get a top draft pick, it doesn't mean anything. If we don't learn how to finish games and win, in the opportunities that we have, because all we're going to do is frustrate ourselves. Now, I think for, for sure from now on, the expectation is let's just see how this game plays out. And that's why I alluded to with the Colts being dysfunctional and yet the Raiders are playing them this Sunday. <laughs> I don't know how optimistic I am about the Raiders playing them. So I'm just going to say like, you know, anything can happen. And I'd like to say the Raiders have a great opportunity just because the Colts, are so disorganized, the Raiders could not have a better opportunity to kind of get some sort of um, momentum or or some sort of confidence to win. But I will say, I think just for the morale of the team and just so that way they can all show that they can play as a unit is I think we do need a fight to be at 500. The expectation is to just finish a season strong as best we can. I don't, I don't even think we're going to get to a wild card nor the playoffs. So that's that's not anything I'm now anticipating or my expectations are. Right now, my expectations are let's finish with the best record we possibly can. I say I think we're still worthy enough to get to 500 as long as we just come together. And I think this is a great opportunity for that building process to start. So that's what I'll say is I think 500 is what I would still strive for if I were the Raiders. Um, you know, I... I- I tend to agree. I, I would rather just go for 500. I know a lot of people are like, let's tank. Let's go after a new quarterback. Listen, I, I will, we'll, we'll, we'll get to it in a moment. I'm not going to go that far, but 
It, it depends on what McDaniels wants to do because right now he's our head coach. Sorry, my dog is right here scratching himself. You're going to hear the <laughs> the jingling here. Anyway, um, but um, it, it just depends on what he wants to do. I mean, if McDaniels, when he came in, he said he wanted to work with Derek Carr. He wanted Derek Carr to be his quarterback. Okay, fine, whatever. If that's the case, then we need to go for 500 because – in no way, shape, or form are you going to tank and be like, you know, oh, we're going to still keep Derek Carr, you know, whatever. But at the same time, I could also see a scenario where you do tank, but you don't take a quarterback. Um, I am kind of under the impression that Josh McDaniels doesn't want to tank. I don't think he's really trying to tank, um, a.k.a. why the... Um, why the the discussions with him and Mark Davis have been coming about. I don't think that's just like Mark Davis not knowing the plan, but Josh McDaniels was like, well, we were tanking the whole time, you know? I think it's yeah. more so like they were talking about, you know, this was supposed to be a playoff team and obviously it's not been working out. Um, and I think they're just having discussions on, okay, what, what do we want to do? Do we want to try and save face or do we want to trade everybody? And they ended up not trading anybody. So, to me, it tells me that they are going to try for 500. Now, do I think they could get there? I do. I mean, to be perfectly honest, if we're, you know, if we're going to spit out crazy thoughts here, um, if they lose one more game but win the rest of their games, they could still have a potential, uh, they could still become a, a playoff team, even two losses. But they couldn't lose more than that. I think that would be that's too far fetched. Now I'm not saying they're going to. I'm not saying they they're going to do this where they're all of a sudden they're just going to start winning. Um, I think the defense is horrendous. I think it's one it's the worst defense in the NFL. Um, our offensive line has not played well at all. Um, Hunter Renfro regressed. Uh, Darren Waller is never plays. Josh Josh Jacobs has been phenomenal, but Derek Carr regressed. And I've I've been a big proponent of Derek Carr, and and we're gonna we'll go into the next question here, where a lot of people have been saying that oh we need to fire Josh McDaniels or we need to get rid of Derek Carr. Um, so I'm gonna propose this to you, Cody. First, I'll let you answer it, and then I'll go into uh, what I think. But to answer the first question, I think they should tank because we need a good offensive line or at least another pass rusher, because Chandler Jones is not doing that. I mean, I don't know what happened to him. I don't know how you go from Arizona to, to Las Vegas, where you have Max Crosby on the other side, versus J.J. Watt, who's always injured, he never plays. And for some reason, um, Chandler Jones is worse with a better pass rusher on the other side. I, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Um, I don't think that's all Patrick Graham, but I do think he has some... Uh, responsibility for it. So I, I think they should tank because we need, we need a, a, a game changing type player, uh, whether it be defensive side or, or offensive line, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would kind of be why I would say, just tank it. It's already bad enough. I mean, maybe win this game. Cause you don't want to, you don't want to be the team that lost to the Colts or everyone <laughs> was making fun of them. Um, so I'm a little scared about this week, but, for the, everything else, I think I think they should maybe try and tank. I mean, I I, I feel silly for saying that about my own team, but I, I really I kind of feel like it, it's like we need a game changer. 
Like we really yeah. do. And if they got a quarterback, I, I'm okay with that too. I'd rather keep Derek Carr. And that's where the next question is going to come in. So Cody, should they get rid of Derek Carr and restart? Or do you think they should fire Josh McDaniels? I'm not saying like, oh, they're going to, mm-hmm. but you know, if you had to pick one, which one would you, would you rather do? So I've still been wrestling with this question all day from when you posed it. And uh, I'm not confident with neither, with either one of them. I'm going to be honest. I mean, some part of me, my knee jerk reaction is Josh, Josh McDaniels, but I also am trying to just see in the perspective, okay, it's literally his first eight games in a new, in the season. He hasn't coached in over 10 or whatever the number is. Um, you know, maybe it's players, maybe, you know, whatever the case may be. And then my initial uh, thought is for Derek Carr is he's been with this team for nearly 10 years now. Um, you know, sometimes he does make questionable decisions with, with uh, throwing the ball or turning it over. Um, and then on the other hand, though, in those nine years, he, we've had a lot of success uh, out of spite, bad coaching or whatever the case may be. But I think... I would say if this was a different head coach, I would probably side with uh, keeping the head coach over Derek Carr. But because it's Josh McDaniels, and I think, again, I'm going to go back to what we kind of talked about last week, which is, you know, we all bought into the hype of Josh McDaniels. He's learned, he's coming from the Patriots organization. We have a Super Bowl caliber coach. And then come to find out Josh McDaniels seems almost worse than he was when he was with Denver. Um, and that's frustrating because as what you pointed out last week is a lot of these players, a lot of these veterans that were on a playoff team last year, majority of them are back. The core is back. And yet we're regressing to, we're now fighting for a number three draft pick essentially. So, yeah. you know, my, that, that's what is for me, why I would say I would dump Josh McDaniels before Derek Carr. Now, I'm not trying to say that Derek Carr is a savior for the Raiders. I'm not trying to say that I will choose him over any other quarterback. Truth be told, if it was even a slight upgrade at quarterback, um, you know, like we had a discussion last year or uh, earlier this year in the offseason when there was rumors that Aaron Rodgers was going to leave. Now, if you ask me, would you think about getting rid of Aaron Rodgers for Derek Carr? Some part of me would say, yeah, because he's got the talent and, you know, he's mobile. And he, in my opinion, he throws the ball a little bit better than Derek Carr. And I feel like he would work really well with our weapons. But that doesn't mean that I don't like Derek Carr. It just means that, like, you know, he's been there for a while. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers is a significant upgrade as just the example but I would still keep Derek Carr because out of the nine years or nearly 10 years he's been with the Raiders organization, out of all the regimes he's gone through, the coaching, the OCs, all that stuff, he still remained a consistent player within the locker room to where he has not lost that leadership. Guys come to play for him all the time, um, past, mm-hmm. uh, past and present. Uh, teammates are always fighting by his side to, to, to play for him and play with him, which I think speaks to that. And yeah. also, too, it takes a certain coach to turn a player like Derek Carr to where he is now saying cryptic messages at the press conference uh, post-game. Because um, yeah. I remember one of the first seasons or two with John Gruden, I was pointing this out, that Derek Carr does not look like he likes playing. He's more so arguing with the, with John Gruden and they, they're butting heads. 
eventually though, uh, sick to say, but they seem to be working it out, you know, year four or five of John Gruden's uh, time there. And, you know, the team looked pretty good, but I would say there's something of a coach that has to push Derek Carr to the point to where he's not even giving a vote of confidence at the press conference about his head coach and alluding to that. He wants to say more about the situation. Obviously he's a professional, so he won't, but in this scenario between the two, I would side with, I would get rid of Josh McDaniels before Derek Carr uh, for the reasons I've stated. You know, I think that Josh McDaniels is probably a really good OC, maybe not that great of a head coach as what we're seeing, but I think that there is something to say about Derek Carr being a consistent leader in the locker room and never losing teammates and not a teammate ever bad-mouthing or saying like they didn't like playing for him or they don't always want to play for him because he's he's a he's a hell of a teammate. You know, he even did his best to be open-minded about Antonio Brown when we traded for him, um, you know, and a bevy of other players um, who Justin Tucker speaks very highly of Derek Carr. Uh, James Jones speaks very highly of Derek Carr. So he's got numerous former and present players that always play for him. And yet Josh McDaniels looks like he's already losing the locker room in his first season. So that's why I would, I would keep Derek Carr. Um, yeah, I'd say fire McDaniels. If uh, I, I'm not even saying what if I'm saying do it, um, I know. Listen, it's what it's what Colin Cowherd has been saying. Like if you're if you're an owner, or even just a, a person who works in the an everyday life, like not in this you know high powered you know sports world, um, if you double down on a mistake, it doesn't make it better. It makes you look even worse. And I feel like if you're Mark Davis, the only reason I think McDaniels is going to end the year is because I think Mark Davis is like, what What am I going to do? Like, what am I going to do? I can't fire another coach mid-year, back-to-back mm-hmm. years. I can't do it. I, I really think that that's what he's thinking. So I think his thought is, let's just let him finish out the year, see how the year ends, and then we'll make that decision. So... Yes, of course, he's coming out and saying, no, he's our, co- he's our coach, he's our head coach, you know, all these all these reports. But I saw a tweet um, by uh, Raider Cody, who I, who I follow on Twitter, and he really put out, uh, I thought it was, it was spot on. It was, it was a, a reporter that put, you know, Mark Davis is still reiterating that, you know, Josh McDaniels is our head coach of the future, blah, blah, blah. And um, Raider Cody just put, um, I wish we had a head coach where this wasn't a story, where this mm-hmm. wasn't had to be said. And it's so mind-blowing. Like, that's crazy that we have a coach, and it seems like every week, no, Josh McDaniels is our head coach. Nope, Josh McDaniels is our head coach. I wish we had a coach where it was like, nope, uh, you know, uh, so-and-so is is ready to go for this week. You know, mm-hmm. like, instead yeah. of instead of talking about the head coach and that's, that's where it gets bad. That's where it gets bad. I mean, for God's sakes, at the end of the year, we were talking about maybe Rich Bisaccia should be the head coach. And now we're talking about Josh McDaniels being fired right away. Like to me, that's not a coincidence. That's not like, Oh, he's just having a bad time because Rich Bisaccia had a worse Raider team and that team went to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And now McDaniels has the best receiver in the game, has arguably a top three tight end. 
um, has one of the best slot receivers, best route runners in the league in Hunter Renfro. You have uh, right now a top five running back. Um, and yes, your defense is bad, but they still did it last year. So I'm not understanding what's wh- what the issue is here other than, you know, Derek Carr has regressed. Darren Waller never plays. Renfro has regressed. Adams has been great. Uh, Jacobs has been great, but Chandler Jones has regressed almost horribly. Um, and they, for some reason, they're all regressing. The offensive line regressed. The defensive line regressed. The linebackers have regressed. The The whole uh, defensive back unit has regressed. That, to me, is coaching. And that's why I would fire McDaniels. I like Derek Carr. It's no surprise here. I'm with you. You know, at this point, I wouldn't be surprised if they went after another quarterback. I was listening to Colin Cowherd uh, this morning, and he was saying, you know, sometimes relationships run its course. And I think Carr may have had his relationship run its course with the Raiders, which is sad because he had Trent Dilfer on there, who's he said, I don't think anyone wants to be a Raider more than Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, maybe I'm weird, but I want guys like that on my team. I want guys to want to win for the Raiders. That's why the Raider Nation loves Max Crosby because he got a tattoo of the Raiders on his arm. Like he he's a Raider. Like mm-hmm. that's what he wants to do. He wants to win. Derek Carr is that same way. So to me it blows my mind that the that the whole Raider Nation is like, oh he's terrible. He's the worst. First of all, he's not he's not terrible. I really still believe that he is a top ten quarterback. Is he playing like that right now? No. But I do feel in my heart at least number 10 on that list of the quarterbacks. I would still stick with Derek Carr um, because I think he's the reason Devontae Adams was there. He's the reason that Amari Cooper wanted to stay a Raider and we got rid of him. He's the reason that Khalil Mack was super upset at the Raiders for letting him go because Khalil Mack wanted to play with Derek Carr and wanted to win with Derek Carr, and they still talk about it. I mean, I I don't think it's I don't think it's weird that all these players, James Jones has come out and said Derek Carr is a wonderful guy, loved playing with him. Jordy Nelson even came out and said that he loved playing. Hunter Renfro wanted to play with him. He took all that. He you know he took some money. Derek Carr even said I'm going to take less. So you signed Der- uh, Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro. And what did they do? They signed Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro. Those guys stayed because of Carr, not because of McDaniel's, because of Carr. Get rid of McDaniels. Don't double down on a mistake. Get rid of him. Kick him out of the building. Go after someone who you actually believe, not who, you know, hey, you know, he had 10 years uh, as an offensive coordinator. He learned from his mistakes. No, we're not doing this anymore. Go after a guy who's been established. Go after a guy like an Eric Bieniemy, a guy who's been successful his whole career in Kansas City. And it's mm-hmm. amazing that he doesn't have a head coaching job right now. That's who you and I wanted last year. We mm-hmm. were saying, go after enemy. That would make so much sense. And they didn't. Now's your chance. You got another chance. I would be okay with Jim Harbaugh. Sean Payton would be at the top of my list. I mean, and you look at Sean Payton. He talks about the Raiders like, this team should be like Super Bowl bound. Because mm-hmm. he's probably drawing up plays like, Oh, I would do. I would have Carr do this, and you know he is. Yeah. And so 
this is not an unattractive job. This is a really attractive job. So if you're Mark Davis, cut your losses and go after someone who's going to be successful at the head coaching and who has done it before, not another Josh McDaniels who basically was a project and it's not working out. Sorry, I went on a whole tangent, but I loved it. <laughs> All right. Well, we need to definitely take a break because we've gone way over. <laughs> um, and when we come back, we'll have uh, some World Series talk, uh, some Laker news that um, there's been a rumor been going around. I heard a rumor. If you don't know what that's from, you need to get on your Netflix and watch it. Anyway, mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully if we have a little bit of time, we can talk a little Giants, San Francisco Giants offseason. So stay tuned. Well, Cody, uh, before well before we get into the uh, World Series topic, I just wanted to shout out Nick real quick uh, for asking uh, or commenting on our on our video here a couple of times to kind of talk with us and kind of create a, a couple of questions. So I appreciate you, Nick, and uh, as always, appreciate you letting me into your league that I'm starting to slowly creep in there, baby. Five game win streak. Anyway, <laughs> I had to put that out there. Uh, I started 0 and 4, now I'm 5 and 4. It's absolutely insane. Anyway, <laughs> I just had to throw that out there. I'm so impressed with myself. I know, I know, um, I, know I know. Move on, kid. <laughs> Move on. All right. So the Houston Astros, Cody, unfortunately, to many people's uh, anger, um, the Astros win the World Series. Um, I, first of all, as a Giants fan, I'm really happy for Dusty Baker. I really wanted him to win one in San Francisco. We had that chance in 2002 against the Angels, but the Angels just came in hot and never mm-hmm. stopped. Um, and Barry Bonds was literally the only one in that uh, series that was hitting. Um, and uh, so, you know, it was, it was unfortunate to see him not win one there, but I'm glad he finally got to win one. He definitely deserved it. He's one of the more well-liked managers in the league, and so uh, really happy to see him. And uh, Mauricio Dubon. Uh, a guy who was mm. traded to the Astros mid-year uh, from the Giants. Um, you know, I, I, he was starting to do kind of well for the Giants, but unfortunately, we just weren't having it this year. We just could not. Uh, we had kind of a, a crowded outfield, and mm. he was mainly an infielder, but we had a crowded infield too, so <laughs> we kind of had to throw, and we wanted to play him as much as we could, but unfortunately uh, we just didn't have the room so we were able to trade him to a contending team that could use him and i'm glad that he got to be used a little bit so congratulations to the astros as much as i'm not really a huge fan of them or i was definitely rooting against them uh (laughs) you know you got to give it up to them they they played extremely well but there was something i was kind of talking about all year long and all playoff season long this is a really deep team. And, Cody, do you think that this team was the deepest team in all of baseball this year? Well, I don't know about deepest, but they definitely had inside and out of their lineup hitters and contributors. And I think, obviously, this team at the at its core had been together for many, 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 many years. And I, I think it goes to what you and I always talk about is you got to keep some – you got to keep them together to – create a little continuity to create that, uh, that sense of, uh, playing for one another. It's not something that you can just throw together and, you know, hope it all works out. You know, I kind of say like the Phillies are that prototypical. They assigned Bryce Harper. They had all these other hitters that were in there that had, I think this is their only season there. They were together, but the Astros 
you know, Altuve, um, uh, Bregman, uh, Alvarez, they've all kind of been together for a few seasons now Mm -hmm. and been coached by, uh, Baker. So this team has been together and I think Verlander has been with the team for five seasons or something like that. So this team has been together. Yeah. Okay. So this team has been together still though, quite a bit longer than majority of the teams. And I think there's just something with that organization that they just continue to find hitters in their farming system and they just, you know, create great deals and well, they have really good trash cans too. So yeah, I hear one of a kind and uh, you know, they just, there's just something to say about six consecutive conference championship series. And I believe now four, four series wins that led them into the world series in that same time frame. So Deepest, I'm not sure, but they were definitely the team that outlasted everybody. And I think, though, if the Dodgers were healthy, they would have gave them, given them a really good run for their money because I think the only team that really could have kept up with them and maybe even you know, claimed a victory over them would have been the Dodgers had they been fully healthy. But clearly not having their starting pitcher, pitcher Walker Bueller, was a big issue with them. Um, and I think the Astros... Their bullpen really stepped up. Their other starters, other than Verlander, they just outplayed what the expectations were. And it just showed, man. I mean, it's just Astros are a really good organization, regardless of the cheating scandal. And they continue to always be at the end. And I know people hate it, but that's just the facts. Like they may be the New England Patriots of baseball, but they find a way to get it done when it matters, uh, when they're there. And I know everyone hates it, but it is what it is. So. I actually do believe they are the deepest team. Um, I, you know, I, as much as I want to say the Dodgers and, and the Dodgers are extremely deep, obviously the injuries got to be a little too much. But I think the Astros were well constructed. Yeah, they had a, like an old guy in Justin Verlander. And, you know, you could probably say Jose Altuve is, is up there in age now. And and they traded for Christian Vasquez, who's uh, kind of a veteran as well. So, you know, they, uh, they have a few of these older guys. But a lot of their older guys are guys who, as you alluded to, kind of have been in the organization for a little while anyway. So it really wasn't that far-fetched to see these guys excel whereas like in the Dodgers organization it just seemed like they you know they're old guys they hadn't been there other than like Clayton Kershaw um you know they hadn't been there for very long um and their pitching rotation was really depleted for all of all of this year for Los Angeles I mean constant injuries in that rotation so as much as I want to say they were deep at the same time it kind of proved that they weren't because they couldn't overcome all of that. Like, yeah, they were winning those games in the regular season, but I mean, you look at that off. You look at just that batting lineup. It was ridiculous with the Astros. It, they were, they weren't throwing out consistently just five guys in the rotation. They were having basically a seven, arguably an eight man rotation at times. They were just throwing just guys from the bullpen when they were, when they needed a bullpen game or, uh, they needed a, um, spot starter whatever it may be they just ended up throwing whoever they wanted to out there and they were doing it really well but the other thing that i wanted to bring up which i was actually talking to my brother-in-law this uh this past week is the fact that they got rid of carlos correa everyone was like i'm surprised they got rid of him i mean 
I thought he was ride or die for Jose Altuve. You know, these guys were great friends. Um, you know, I know he wanted a lot of money, but I've, you know, kind of, I think there was a story that he was kind of willing to take a little bit less to stay with Houston, um, all that jazz. And then all of a sudden, you see why. Well, this kid named Jeremy Pena, who mm-hmm. I think played really well, I think arguably uh, played better than Carlos Correa would have this year. Um, I think he proved why. Now, he is a rookie. He could hit you know, the sophomore slump next year. Who knows? But the way he played this year, he was phenomenal. And he was starting in the World Series. Um, and there was never a question whether he should start or not. I mean, this guy held that position for a while. I mean, I had him in, in fantasy baseball and I thought I was just, I picked him up because one of my, one of my players got hurt and he was starting to kind of get hot. And I was like, Oh, okay, I'm going to use him. And I kept him for the rest of the year. I mean, this guy was mm-hmm. phenomenal. Um, and it just goes to show you that this organization, yes. Yeah. We've heard the cheating scandal. You know, I made the joke of the trash cans or whatnot, but they're really good at, at scouting talent. I mean, they got rid of – that was the other thing. They got rid of George Springer and Carlos Correa, two arguably one of the best players on their teams. Mm-hmm. They got rid of them, threw in Jordan Alvarez, Kyle Tucker, then they're yeah. starting, uh, and then Jeremy Pena, and all of a the sudden, they're better. And Alvarez is this power hitter who was second in the AL in home runs, only second to, obviously, Aaron Judge. Um, you have Kyle Tucker, who is a guy who can hit for average, is a guy who hits for power and is fast on the base pass, can steal bases for you when you need to. He's got a pretty good glove as well. Um, you talk about Jose Altuve. I mean, he's been there for, for years, Julio Gurriel, but then when Gurriel needed to take a break, they traded for Trey Mancini, who was Mm -hmm. a phenomenal hitter. Um, Alex Bregman, who didn't have the best of the years, but did what they needed him to do when he needed to do it. They traded for Christian Vasquez, who uh, everyone was saying really the only biggest hole that the Astros had at the time was the catcher. And so they went and traded for a catcher. And their bullpen was phenomenal this year. Their rotation was phenomenal this year. Um, I got to say, man, I, I mean, I think they were the deepest team this year. But I think next year they probably won't. Um, I think you're going to see maybe a slight regression from Pena. I think, you know, there's a lot of tape on Pena now, so I think he's going to hit a a pretty big slump, but I, I, I think he's good enough. I think he is a really talented player where he's not going to like, you know, be one and done. I think Mm -hmm. he's going to be one of those guys who, you know, he's going to be solid kind of like what Carlos Correa was. I think he'll, I think he'll be better, but um, I do think next year, if you're going to draft him in a fantasy baseball league, be aware he's probably going to have a pretty big slump, maybe for like a month or something. Um, but um, you know, we'll we'll see what they if they're going to be able to retain Justin Verlander. I think Verlander obviously helped immensely yeah. <laughs> for this team, um, and um, I don't know if they're going to be able to retain Mancini or or uh, Vasquez and. Um, you know, I think there's another, I, I can't really think of the other player that, um, could be leaving as well, but, um, I think the Astros might get kind of, um, some of their players picked away from them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think they're going to be the deepest team next year, but this year I do think after all said and done, you kind of look at it and you go, 
I think the Astros, I mean, if not, I, I, I have no problem someone saying the Dodgers because they were super deep. But I've, I just have the feeling of when Verlander was hurt, he was on the IL, I think, once or twice uh, during the year. They were moving like it was nothing. And I know the Dodgers did, but then the Astros proved that they can still continue it even even so. And mm-hmm. and the Dodgers obviously kind of uh, lost it at the end. So I think the Astros are the deepest team in the league. Yeah. All right, Cody. So I heard a rumor that the Lakers are shopping around Anthony Davis and trying to possibly get a deal done by mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. Now, this is a report by Bill Simmons. Now, there's an argument that a lot of people are in an argument at this that Bill Simmons isn't technically a reporter. Uh-huh. But let me tell you, Bill Simmons is one of the most connected guys in the NBA. Okay. Yeah. Just because he's not considered a reporter doesn't mean that he doesn't have inside sources. Trust me, he does. A lot of things that he has said um, have come to fruition because mm-hmm. he kind of knows what's happening in the inner circle. So let me be clear by that. Um, this was on his podcast on Monday. Um, I listened to, or I'm sorry, on Sunday it came out. Um, I listened to his podcast every uh, every episode that he puts out there. Um, and I was listening to this, and they were kind of going over, like, okay, if they are shopping him, what are they going to get for him? What are the Lakers looking to do? And I think that's the biggest question. It wasn't mm-hmm. like, is it crazy that they're going to try and trade Anthony Davis? I think everyone is at the point where it's like, it's not crazy, but what are they going to get for it is what mm-hmm. would be crazy. So, Cody, that's the question I'm going to ask you. If the Lakers do trade Anthony Davis, what do you think they will try and get? Or what do you think they will get? So I think what they're going to try to target is I think they're going to still try to target the Nets just because just like what we talked about last week, how disorganized they are with the whole Kyrie Irving situation and, uh, you know, them firing Steve Nash. I think that they may use Kevin, uh, or excuse me, not Kevin, uh, Anthony Davis as a trade piece to maybe entice getting uh, Kevin Durant. Uh, I don't know how well that'll work, but yeah, I, I would like for that too. They could also reach out to some teams that may be looking to tank uh, that are willing to add in like a veteran piece to help grow a team and maybe secure some additional assets. I don't know if that means they'd secure a player or anything like that for the Lakers, but you know, I think what I'm what I'm more surprised in is Anthony Davis would hold more value for sure in getting back assets. Uh, I don't know what team necessarily. Maybe Chicago is a team that stands out in my mind that might be willing to trade for uh, Anthony Davis, and I don't know if that means maybe we can get Demar Derozan and a, a couple of other collection of players. Um, you know, that would that wouldn't be too terrible. The only thing is, is that wouldn't really solve our shooting problem, but. Um, you know, I I I'm, I don't hate the idea. I'm kind of on board with it at this point. I think anything that's not LeBron needs to be up for sale, so to speak. Um, some part of me, as a Lakers fan though, that's a Laker, not a LeBron fan, is also entertaining. Like maybe question if uh, getting LeBron, uh, you know, trading away LeBron is also a great uh, is also a better idea for the franchise, just because if we're so strapped for draft picks and uh, grow our team and our future hangs on uh, LeBron James, who's 
you know, aging, continuously being injured, and we're still holding on to Westbrook for one more season, um, you know, maybe we look at that as well. But uh, as far as like a particular team, I think the Nets are the only one that stand out for me for Anthony Davis. Uh, I know that if you go to ESPN.com, you can kind of do a couple of different trade scenarios for uh, different players. I think in the off, I'm going to do I, that tonight. I didn't. Yeah, know I, that. I think in the off season, I tried doing one with um, DeAndre Ayton. And that one was a little tougher because they required a lot of money to be exchanged. And I don't know if the Suns will do that, but I know that the Suns and DeAndre Ayton's relationship isn't the greatest. So maybe that's an opportunity. Maybe you use AD to get Chris Paul, who's um, aging. I don't know if the Suns are interested in that. Um, that's just a couple of things I can think of off the top of my head. Um, you know, maybe deal deal with Boston, who might be looking for some more interior help, but that's probably the only couple of ones that would really stand out to me if this uh, if this does happen. And by Thanksgiving, we're talking two weeks away, so that's uh, kind of crazier to think that how much different this roster is going to look by this time. Well, I don't I don't think it would be crazy in the sense of uh, I don't think this is new information. I think this is just information that has finally come out. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, I I have obviously I know nothing, but uh, well, I don't know. You know, not nothing, but I, I, no, I don't know anything. Anyway, um, so I, I just feel like the talks have ha- have been happening because I don't think the Lakers are that delusional to think, oh, we're never going to trade Anthony Davis. I think they're kind of already like, you know, in the offseason, I think they were like, I don't know, what are we, are we really going to do that or not? Um, and call me crazy, but I actually think, Although I don't think Anthony Davis is as good as LeBron James, and although I don't think Anthony Davis is highly thought of as high as LeBron James, however, I do think that Anthony Davis actually would, if you traded him, I think he would actually get more in return than LeBron. And the reason I say that is LeBron kind of does have a timetable. Anthony Davis, although he does get injured a lot, and he doesn't have that killer instinct in him all the time. I do, however, think that he has the talent to be an MVP-type caliber player if he's healthy. And secondly, if he does stay healthy, he could play for another, I don't know, seven, eight years, possibly. Whereas LeBron, you're kind of like maybe three years, maybe four um, if he can, you know, keep up what he's doing, um, and and so your future, and especially if you're going to trade a lot of assets for it, I think you feel better about trading for Anthony Davis than LeBron James. Now, if you're a team that is trying to win now, then yes, you feel better about trading for LeBron James. But if you're like you're saying, you go to a team that's kind of rebuilding. Um, you know, I'm just going to throw Orlando out there who they would never do it because mm-hmm. I think they, they got who they want now. Yeah. But um, I just think that you could get a bigger haul for Anthony Davis. You could get multiple picks. Whereas LeBron James, you could probably get three or four, maybe first round picks and maybe a player back. Um, but I think for Anthony Davis, you could argue you could get like five picks, maybe like four or three first round picks and then two second round picks and then get, you know, a, a player back as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I would look at Indian, uh, Indiana 
I think Miles Turner has already said, hey, I would I would go there. Listen, I don't think that's that crazy. I think Miles Turner is a better shooter than Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. He is a shot-blocking center. Um, he doesn't have that dog that, that Anthony Davis sometimes has. But I think at this point, it's kind of like, well, just let LeBron do it. I mean, he's already doing it anyway. He's running the team, so might as well get a guy who – you know, can be a spot up shooter and hit some threes other, you know, and I, I had told you this on the Bill Simmons podcast, they were, he was talking to Kevin O'Connor and Kevin O'Connor posed this question to Bill Simmons. He said, out of the top 50 players who run ISO, who have had ISO plays, where do you think Anthony Davis ranks in out of those 50 players? He ranks 48th in effect uh, efficiency percentage which mm-hmm. means when he's playing iso he's not all that effective so might as well get rid of him get something in return now i have been on the case for a long time go after kevin durant now they brought that up they said that if they were going to get kevin durant for anthony davis and probably Kyrie would be a package deal as well and so you'd probably have to throw in Russell Westbrook or something like that. Mm-hmm. But if that was if that's what you're going to do, it may it may not develop until the off season uh, after this year. So they were saying they were arguing maybe possibly trade Anthony Davis for a bunch of picks, then in the off season trade a lot of those picks to Brooklyn where you can then get um Kevin Durant and all that. So they were kind of throwing out a bunch of different trade scenarios, but that was kind of the, um, that's kind of what they came up with was probably get a big haul for Anthony Davis, where you're just going to kind of tank this year, mm-hmm. make those trades to get Kevin Durant and have Kevin KD and, and LeBron play. We are supported by FNX Fit. FNX is a workout and supplement company that is committed to creating innovative supplements of the highest quality. FNX has high quality protein powders, creatine, and pre-workout supplements. FNX has also got amazing workout gear such as tees and tanks, an essential joggers line, and of course, shaker bottles. Not only is FNX Fit selling great products, but they have an even better message. FNX has launched their live program with every FNX order They are donating a portion of each product bought and helping deliver clean drinking water in countries of need. Go to the special link in the description below and use our promo code DREWCODE15 to get 15% off your purchase when you use our link. And don't forget, we become greater when we rise together. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'd love that, but... uh... Don't know if uh, the NBA will allow it because uh, it's a <laughs> funny season. Um, you know, teams like Houston come to mind. Uh, the Spurs, yeah. they could be teams that are willing to give away draft picks for a player like that that maybe could use a veteran big man who's relatively young, to your point. Yeah. Um, but we'll see, man. I mean, I, I, I think it's more likely that the Lakers won't deal Anthony Davis because I think it's early enough in the season to where, especially at Thanksgiving, that they're still going to feel like I we can probably make a run with it, especially now that they move Westbrook to the bench. And he's actually been playing really well since coming off yeah. the bench. I, I've been really happy about that. And again, not trying to say that uh, Westbrook is a terrible player. He's really great. It's just terrible the situation he's in. And, yeah. you know, the L.A. market will literally devour you if you don't uh, – if you don't uh, produce. And unfortunately, when you go through slumps that he normally goes through through a season, 
uh, it's very magnified because of the market that you're in. So I'm glad to see that he's flourishing coming off the bench. I'm just hoping now that it translates to more wins. So I, I almost feel like that the Raiders or not Raiders, <laughs> the Lakers may continue to ride this out uh, to see what they have, because at the end of the day, if they can't find a suitor for Westbrook, he's got to be a free agent. So we guarantee that he won't be a Laker after this season. Now, the question is, will he finish the season as a Laker or finish it as another member of a different team? Uh, but, um, you know, I, I think the Lakers would only pull the trigger on getting rid of Anthony Davis if it was for a high profile player such as Kevin Durant. I think anything yeah. less than that, they're not they're not pulling the trigger. Maybe maybe come the trade trade deadline, uh, they may entertain it just because they may be too far gone and a contender may be willing to pay a king's ransom for Anthony Davis, but I don't see the Lakers giving up Anthony Davis at all this season unless it is Kevin Durant. Yeah, I, I agree with that, but um, I will also say this, um, you know, if Russell Westbrook keeps playing the way he does, um, I think there's a possibility that you could end up trading Russell Westbrook to sell high on him mm-hmm. um, and Anthony Davis to get a Kevin Durant and a Kyrie, and I know a lot of people are like, I don't want Kyrie right now, but listen, Kyrie is a better shooter than Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis. So he already makes the Lakers better. Unfortunately, that's kind of how life is right now for the Lakers. It's kind of like, it's, I mean, you're going to have to take the good with the bad. Um, And um, I think if that is the case, if they end up trading like Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis to get Kyrie and KD, you may not have to give up as much as you think you would because the way Westbrook is playing versus the way Kyrie has kind of had a year so far, you could argue that Westbrook has kind of found his groove where Kyrie is still trying to find it. And now he's suspended and, you know, he's got all this other stuff that's going on. So um, you could make the case that maybe they, you know, they've been holding on to these first round draft picks, you know, these, uh, you know, freshmen in high school draft picks right now. <laughs> um, and uh, maybe, maybe they only have to give up one of them. You know, maybe they don't have to give up both, but we'll yeah. see. I mean, it's all speculation right now, but I think this would actually be a really smart move for the Lakers to try and move on Anthony Davis. Yeah. All right. So do we have time for the for the last topic or, or we got to go? No, nah, let's just do it. We're already here. <laughs> all right. So I did want to talk about a little bit about San Francisco Giants offseason, Cody. Um, so obviously, uh, as we talked about, the Astros won the World Series. So uh, offseason begins. So the GMs are meeting next week in Vegas. Um, and then beginning of December, I want to say December 6th. I'm not 100% on that. I'm just doing this off memory right now, um, is the winter meetings. And the winter meetings is basically where all these trades and signings happen <laughs> for, for Major League Baseball. We missed out on it last year because of the lockout. So this year, I'm really excited about it. Obviously, the biggest name is Aaron Judge uh, being mm-hmm. out on the market. Uh, the Giants um, actually, or uh, Carlos Rodon uh, opted out of his deal. Um, so he's going to be a free agent. Um you know, Trey Turner is rumored to be out there. Um, you know, the Angels said they're not willing to trade Otani, but 
seriously, once these winter meetings happen, they're going to be floating Otani out there a lot. So, uh, Angels fans, I know you're kind of like, oh, yeah, we're not going to trade Otani. There's always a price, believe me. <laughs> um, so, you know, that might happen. Obviously, Jacob deGrom is, is a free agent. Um, mm-hmm. God, there's so many guys out there. There's, so it's going to be a spicy offseason. So I kind of wanted to talk about who I think the Giants need to go after because this is this is something that the Giants haven't had in a long time where they've had a lot of money to spend. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously they've already come out and said, we're going to pay whatever Aaron judge wants to be paid in within reason, of course, but they've already said, we're getting Aaron judge. It's, it's a done deal. Basically. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll see if that really happens. I mean, I, I do think as much as the Giants are saying all this, there probably is a price where they're like, okay, we're not going to go that far. <laughs> um, but I do feel like they really want Aaron Judge, which, hey, I, I think he would be a great fit. He's got enough power. He's got enough size um, to be able to hit just as well as he did in New York uh, as he would in, in San Francisco. A lot of people, a lot of hitters are deterred from San Francisco because it is a pitching ballpark. Well, Aaron Judge has the power to where, you know, sometimes when that wind isn't blowing very well out in outfield, it's kind of like dying, killing those balls. He still has enough muscle to get it over the fence. So I think he would still be fine. I think he would fit well. It's a team that he grew up and he would get paid a lot of money. And to be honest, Gabe Kapler has been really good with guys who get injured a lot, and he's been able to manage guys with these injuries. He's been able to, all right, hey, we'll sit you out here. You know, Brandon Crawford this year, uh, he was basically our only shortstop, yet he still figured out a way to get him uh, all his rest days. And he's not even like that big of a of a bat. So <laughs> bringing Aaron Judge, I think he would do really phenomenal with, with Judge. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing is um, I do think that the Giants are going to need to go after a lot of starting pitching. Uh, we thought Alex Cobb was going to do okay, which he did. He did fine. I don't think he did terrible. Um, Jacob Junis was a nice surprise for the Giants. Um, but other than that, it wasn't fantastic. I mean, obviously, Logan Webb. I'm, I'm just talking about the guys who are, you know, may or may not be there next year. Um, Carlos Rodon, I think we need to re-sign him. I think, I think that was a guy who... He's in his prime right now, and if you only want to sign him to another two-year contract, where he has to, where he could opt out after the end of this year as well, that's fine. Or a three-year contract, I'm good with that. But um, I wouldn't go more than probably more than four years. Um, another guy I would really think about is actually Jacob Degrom. I think he's actually going to be signing cheaper than what a lot of people think he will. And I think the Giants are one of those few teams that can figure out a way to do that. The reason I say that is because um, they have found like the Carlos Rodon deal that they did this year. I think they could give a deal similar to Jacob deGrom. Like, hey, listen, if you play this, if you start this many games, then, um, you know, you get this incentive. You know what I mean? So... Um, with Carlos Rodon, they were like, if you have a hell of a year, you can opt out. And that's exactly what he did. He had a hell of a year and he opted out and he could sign even bigger. And he, it was still a huge contract that the Giants gave him. So mm-hmm. I think there could be a similar deal to that. But what I also do think the Giants are going to have to do is they're going to have to go after 
um, either a Trey Turner. I hope they don't go after Carlos Correa. I'm not. I like Carlos Correa. I think he's a good player, but I don't think he fits San Francisco for what they're doing. Um, and I think Trey Turner is a guy who would be more willing to, hey, I'll play second base when Brandon Crawford wants to play shortstop. Um, hey, I'll play, you know, I'll play as DH a couple of times or whatever. But basically what I'm saying here is the Giants need to spend money this offseason. Mm-hmm. They have to do it. And the reason being is they've gotten away with, hey, we're going to pay these little contracts. We're going to pay these little contracts. They pay these little contracts. And it was working fine. But this year they lost a lot of games because they just didn't have that go-to guy in the bullpen or the go-to guy um, in the rotation other than, you know, Rodon and, and Webb. Um, and they had no bat. I mean, there was no, like, real reliable bat um, that you were like, oh, this is this is for sure. So not only are you going to have to spend money on Judge, but you're also going to have to get another hitter. And I think that should be Trey Turner. I think that should be their – those – those two guys should be the go-to guys, and then they're going to have to address the starting pitching. I've always floated that Noah Syndergaard would be a good one because he's going to be on the cheap, but he actually picks really well for the Phillies and even um, uh, oh shoot, who was Angels? The team? He was Angels. He was pitching okay with the Angels too. So um, I don't think that's bad, and and I think he would really benefit from being in a pitcher's ballpark. So. Um, the, the Giants are going to have to make a huge splash this year. But I hope they re-sign Rodon. I'm not sure they will because I think Rodon um, is going to want a pretty big contract and a lengthy one, um, which he absolutely deserves. And I just don't think the Giants necessarily want to do that with Rodon. Um, but I, I can see a scenario where they sign a similar um, Rodon-type contract uh, with Jacob deGrom. I could see them going after Noah Syndergaard because he is a ba- he is a typical uh, free agent that the Giants would go after. A guy who had some success before, had a lot of injuries. Hey, we can show you that we can um, we can fix you up and make you right. Um, so why don't you come to the Giants and and uh, you'll have some success here as well. And um, I could see them. If they can't get a Trey Turner or let's say they don't get Aaron Judge, I could see them try and make a big trade for Shohei Otani. Hey everybody, it's Cody with Drew Code Sports Talk. We want to give a special shout out to SeatGeek for sponsoring our podcast. SeatGeek is a ticketing app that takes the confusion out of buying tickets. SeatGeek is known for using a 0 to 10 scale when you're purchasing tickets to let you know if you're getting a good deal or a bad deal. And it lets you know right at the time of purchase. And right now they're giving our listeners $20 off when you use our promo code DrewCode at the time of checkout. So go to the link in the description or download the app. Don't forget to use our promo code DrewCode to get $20 off your first order. And we hope to see you at the next game i think the show Otani one's a little rich for them um i actually hope that the giants go after judge with no apprehension i i I know that there's a price for everything and they may hold firm and think that it's a certain number but i just think that for the city of san francisco they need a face to it and i think that arguably aaron judge would be a big commodity that the giants need just on advertising merchandise. I think as a face of a franchise, 
I yeah. uh, probably wouldn't have seen anything as big since like Barry Bonds. I really think the Giants should just pay whatever it takes to get him there, even if that's overpaying. Usually, every player gets overpaid at some point in time. Most of these times, at the end of these players' contracts, they're not even worth the last remaining amount. So it's already given that you're going to overpay at some extent. I think right now they need that player that you're mentioning. All this small market contracts that they've been doing before, I think they do need something that's going to revitalize that team. Can Um, I cut you off real quick? To your point, exactly what you're saying is... The Giants were striving for a big name so bad that when we traded for Chris Bryant a couple of years ago, or I'm mm-hmm. sorry, it was last year, when we traded for Chris Bryant, I mean, his jerseys were flying off the shelf. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a big name, and we were dying for him to, to re-sign. Now, it ended up being a good thing because he really didn't have that good of a year. He was just injury-riddled all year long this year, um, but... Like, that's how bad San Francisco was dying for a name. And then when we got Carlos Rodon, we were like, oh, we're going to make another splash. And then we never mm-hmm. did. And everyone was really disappointed. I mean, Jock Peterson was a really good player. And I, and that's another guy I hope we would, we get to resign because I felt like he was really, he was really good for us. And I felt mm-hmm. like he really fit uh, what the Giants were doing. But it was just like it wasn't that big of a name that we were hoping for. You know what I mean? And it ended up not being great because he was kind of – it was him and Rodon. And that was basically all we did all offseason other than signing Alex Cobb here and and, uh, signing a couple of bullpen guys. I mean it just – it didn't – it wasn't great. So uh, that's how starved San Francisco is for, for star power. So to your credit. Yeah, and I would say to in addition to again, I would I would say back up the brink truck for Aaron Judge. I do think though that not only do the Giants need to address their pitching, I actually I was thinking the same thing you were about them going after Degrom. I wouldn't be opposed if they gave him a longer type of contract with a little bit more money to entice him, just because I think Degrom is like this hidden gem that if he stays healthy, he is. You know, I've heard this all across social media and all the baseball aficionados that are saying like he is one of the greatest pitchers to have ever thrown the ball in the majors when he's healthy. I think that I think if the giants have a legit opportunity, even if it is a couple extra years on a contract, I think it's worth it. I mean, what, what they have now is good. I think Logan Webb will get better from next season, but you know, to have another ACE like DeGrom as what you mentioned, maybe even if we can land Syndergaard with a, team-friendly deal with a prove-it type of deal like what uh, you were alluding to. I do think, though, I really do hope that the Giants do also address the defensive problems that they had this year. Uh, Getting some players that can stay a little bit healthier, uh, you know, deepen that bench, uh, strengthen the bullpen like what we were talking about, and especially that defense. Our defense really let us down in some pivotal moments. Um, I mean, in in the winter meetings, we'll see what all happens, but, you know, I really do hope that the Giants are serious about spending the legitimate money, doing what it takes to put this team over the top. I really think this team could be special with the right pieces in place. And, you know, I, I think it just takes a, I think it just takes ownership and management. Just it takes guts and it takes a willingness to take a chance on some players and um, not play concert, not be conservative when you're giving out monies or contracts. And I understand the point of as to why, but there's a lot of these teams that are now spending money to be relevant. And I think the giants should be in that same camp considering 
you know, they've got a team that just needs a couple of guys and maybe a face to the team. And I think that they can do something special. Uh, but, you know, it, they definitely need a rebound year from what we were anticipating uh, this year from what they did in their playoff run the year before. So, All right, Cody. Well, we have exhausted every single topic, man. We did it. It was a marathon, but you know what? We did a great job in it. So good job by you, sir. Um, thank you guys for listening. We always appreciate the love and support that we get from you guys. So thank you so much. Uh, and go follow us on all of our social media sites, being Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and even TikTok. Also, hit that subscribe button on the YouTube page. Um, we always want to hear from you as well. So please like and comment as we, as you see when we are on here live. Uh, we will answer any questions that you have if it's a valid question or if it's something that we're talking about. Um, but now we'll usually try and answer your question anyway. But anyway, um, go in and do all that. And then also hit that subscribe button on all the podcasts, um, on the major podcast sites, excuse me, uh, Apple, Spotify, iHeart. Uh, so go check all those out and uh, please leave us a review as well uh, a rate and review if it's a one star let us know how we can get that up to a five star and uh, if it is a five star let us know what you liked about the show so we can continue to do what we do um, and I want to shout out uh, FNX Fit and Seat Geek and also Fanatics who are uh, great partners that we have um, and uh, we are so happy to have them on board. SeatGeek uh, and FNX Fit both have we both have promo codes for that, which will be in the description in the episode. Also, will be on the YouTube uh, videos and also on our, all of our social media sites. And Fanatics also use the link that we have also in the description and also on all the videos and all the social media sites so go check all those out we always appreciate all the love and support that we get from you guys so thank you thank you thank you i'm gonna pass it on to cody to finish this off all right guys well that's pretty much it for the show drew good on you mate for uh being able to knock out all those uh you did good man so again you guys follow us on social media facebook twitter instagram tiktok Drew Code Sports Talk is the handle. Uh, if you guys are wanting any of the recording equipment, the microphones, the software, whatever that we use to make the show possible, uh, the link to the Amazon links essentially to purchase all this equipment is available there as well. And again, I will be working on our new drewcode.com website. So that way all of this is on one central site as we had before, but now it's a lot more simpler. Of course, I just have to stop being busy so I can have it properly built, but it's live now. If you guys want to go check it out, it's just simple links on there, but it's, it's nothing to, to, you know, to write home about. But anyways, guys, needless to say, um, we've got lots of great things coming down the pipe for you guys. And we appreciate all of the love and support you guys continue to show us on social media and on here. Uh, and we just can't thank you guys enough. So join us next week. Of course, as usual, we'll have new topics. And if you guys want to put a question out on there, leave us in the, uh, uh, in the comments or DM us so that way we can get to it. But other than that, you guys, please be safe, be well, be kind to one another. Thank you guys so much for listening and we will see you guys next week. Thank you. Thank you.